a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're talking about something very near and dear to my heart. We're talking about how do you take parental leave when you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur? So crossing that threshold into parenthood is a huge emotional experience as well as a physical experience. But then also, if you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, it is a huge responsibility to shoulder that business and help it continue to move forward. So how do you have of one foot in keeping your business going and one giant foot in investing in being a new parent. So to have this conversation, we have Ariana Tobata, and she is talking all about how do we help set ourselves up for parental leave as a small business owner. But let me tell you a little bit about Ariana. So she is the founder of The Expecting Entrepreneur, a strategic advisory firm focused on parental leave, planning for entrepreneurs and founders. And prior to her counseling practice, Ariana worked on mental maternal health issues for over a decade as a health educator, social worker trainee, and reproductive health researcher and yoga therapist. It's a really great conversation, and she gives very concrete tools for those that will be facing having a baby while still shouldering the responsibility of owning a business. Now, before we get to my conversation with Ariana, I just want to remind you to head to our brand new, I'm so excited, it's so pretty, our brand new website. Check it out. I'm so happy about it. And while you're there, download our free downloadable of five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains. So we give you five yoga poses that you can do any time of day if something things bothering your neck, your hips, your back. So while pregnant or postpartum, chances are something in your body is going to be a little achy and this can help you get past that discomfort. Now, of course, even better to take a class and we have classes online seven days a week. So you can jump online to take a class or we have classes in person at the studio five days a week. So whether you are living in New York and just can't get to the upper side or our classes don't fit with your schedule, you can join us online or in person or during the summer, classes in Central Park right around Strawberry Fields. So lots of classes. And of course, we have our workshops and our on-demand workshops and also our teacher training, which is coming up soon. So we are going to do two 
trainings in person per year and two online. So if you can't get to New York City and you want to do our well-renowned, our really in-depth training, jump into our website and check that out because you can do it online. And then if you do want to do it in person, we have opportunities for that. I'm very excited about that. And then the last thing I want to just invite you to do is let me know if there's a topic I haven't covered or maybe a speaker that you think I would enjoy chatting with. So you can share that with me at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com. You can just title it either podcast topic or podcast speaker. And I really do appreciate your feedbacks. I want to make sure that I'm serving you the best I can. And I also want to thank those that have left a rating and review. It helps people find us. And if you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to even press pause right now and leave a rating and review review so people can find the podcast. All right, that's enough for me. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Ariana. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or set to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo Set as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, Ariana. How are you? Hi, I'm glad to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I have to tell you, when I came across this topic, I don't remember if you reached out to us or if I found it, but when I saw the idea of baby-proofing your business, I was really excited. And I know it's a bit niche, but as a business owner who's had two kids, I still remember the stress around what that looks like and the anxiety of like, how am I going to keep my business going? So this is super exciting to chat with you. So I guess we should dive in with, I want to learn more about you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I was, you know, chuckling to myself because yes, it is very niche. And and also just demographically, <laughs> lots of business owners run into this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, like many people, like many business owners became kind of a accidental entrepreneur, if you will. So my background is actually as a health professional. I'm a social worker and I went to graduate school in maternal child health and worked in formal health system settings um, for a while in the perinatal health space. Um, and then went out into private practice in 2013 and uh, you know, started noticing that that this issue kept on coming up, and so as instead of kind of broadly addressing perinatal health, which I I tended to do, you know, trained as a generalist, to, ready to tackle any of the variety of issues that might come up postpartum, um, I ended up really narrowing in and focusing on this particular issue. That is really fascinating. I did not know you were a social worker. My husband's a social worker, so I, and so is my mom. So I have a, a soft spot in my heart for anyone that chooses that path because it's not an easy path. It's not, but you can, thankfully you can do a lot of different things with it. <laughs> so did you get interested in the entrepreneurial maternity leave from your own experience? 
So interestingly enough, I didn't have a child when I first um, started working in this space. Um, I get the question a lot of like, oh, is this kind of inspired by your lived experience? And the reality was that it was just inspired by what I was seeing in terms of clients walking in the door and and what was the highest need that I um, had the tools and training to, to help them navigate. Um, so eventually I did, uh, I guess, make myself my own client <laughs> when I was pregnant and trying to figure out how to plan my leave. I definitely walked myself through all the, the full process that I walked clients through before. So it's, it's, uh, it's influenced my, my journey as a parent, um, even if it wasn't inspired by it. So when you were saying that you had your clients coming in and this is something that they were saying, what were you hearing them say that you thought, oh gosh, we really need to address this? Yeah. So I tended to work with folks in the postpartum period and not in moments of crisis necessarily, but in when they were struggling with a lot of things. And so people tended to come in with um, social emotional kind of challenges that they were working on, um, the transition back to work and, and what kept coming up over and over again is that, um, is that I started realizing folks who tend, I tended to work with were self-employed and were really struggling with the, how do you logistically get back to work and financial stressors associated with, with parental leave when you are self-employed, as well as the, you know, the kind of normal spectrum of postpartum emotional health. Um, and so there were quite a few kind of unique things about being self-employed mm-hmm. um, that people were navigating alongside um, kind of a general postpartum experience and, and all the varieties, all the, all the ways that that, 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 um, postpartum time can, can show up and, and be a challenging time. So I guess, yeah, let's start to get a little bit more specific because when I will admit that I had some envy around my fellow friends that were having their babies when I had mine and we would be in new mom support groups together. And they're like, Oh yeah, my maternity leave is up then. And they really were able to check out. And I did not really, I mean, I wasn't teaching classes, but I was still very much in it. And I felt like, you know, it's my business. I couldn't totally be like, okay, peace out. I'll see you in 10 or 12 weeks. (laughs) So what are some ways someone can design a parental leave that works for them as an entrepreneur, which is very different than if they work for someone else? Yeah, well, I'll start by building on exactly what you were talking about, which is normalizing the fact that your leave will not look like other people's leaves. There is no policy or structure or roadmap. And so I think one of the first questions that often comes up is this question of like, can I even take leave? My answer is always yes. And it might not look like what other people's leave looks like. It might not be some of what you mentioned, the checking out completely, the like having a X number of weeks totally yeah <laughs> off being paid unless you happen to be in one of the states um, that has a, a paid leave program and and you know there's hoops to jump there as a self-employed person even for those um, but so there's a couple principles that I do like to share about ways that you can think about designing parental leave um, the first is planning on experimenting. And so there are ways to think about a leave structure that works for your business model and your personal needs um, and being open to trying out different things during those postpartum times and the transition back to work, including transition time. Like one of the 
only silver linings for self-employed people is that you do not have like a hard deadline when you are a hundred percent off of work or a hundred percent back. And so you can blur the lines a little bit about what does it mean to quote unquote, go back to work or what does it mean to be in quotations again, off um, and think about what truly comes off your plate and what are the different ways that you might uh, still be connected and, and moving things along in a way that honors, you know, whatever, whatever your postpartum experience and, and the kind of health related or social emotional, um, things that come up along that, along that time period as well. So how does this differ when someone's starting to make uh, or design their plans design their leave? How would that differ from, for someone that's working with a team running their business compared to someone that is just a sole business runner, owner person? Yeah. So with a team, there are potentially more things that can be delegated opportunities to kind of train your, your staff, um, increase their capacity to take on some of the things that would normally be on your plate. Um, and when you do not have those team members, it more, it requires like a, an honest look at the list of things that you are doing and getting really honest with yourself about what will simply not get done for a period of time versus what could be batched ahead of time. Um, and so there's often more things that are put on pause as opposed to delegated or um, even kind of automated to some extent. With both people, both scenarios, whether you're a solopreneur or have a small team, um, there what the opportunity is that comes up over and over again is to kind of look at your look at your systems and processes with fresh eyes about like, is this, am I really doing this in the way that, that makes sense for my business? Um, and the ability to pregnancy can kind of be a forcing function and thinking about what do I want to be spending my time on? Um, and, and knowing that you're stepping away for the time being and have kind of an opportunity to come back and, and start anew, um, in some ways, rewriting, rewriting the ways in which you spend your time. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So what are some concrete tools and ways to plan for support while preparing for parental leave and on parental leave? Sure. So I'll mention two specific tools that, um, that I've used over the years with clients, one more so in the business side and one more on the personal, um, planning side. So the, on the business side, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, a kind of a time tracking exercise mm. that helps you think about um, standard operating procedures and really begin to look at what can be automated, delegated, batched, paused, et cetera. Um, and so I often recommend that folks look at a two week period and use, you know, it feels very tedious while you're doing it, but it pays dividends like a half an hour by half an hour spreadsheet. And I have a template I'm happy to share with folks if that's of interest, um, where you really track, how are you spending your time? And then you look at all of the, um, you do essentially an audit and you begin to sort things into buckets and categories, um, so that you can think about what are the things that have to happen while I take some time off? What are the things that maybe just really need to happen on a quarterly basis? What are the things that are happening weekly right now that could happen monthly or could be paused? Um, and beginning to, to look at 
the different moving parts of your business and how those can be taken care of in a different way. I did that. I was working with a business coach and she Mm -hmm. asked me to do a time audit. And I have to tell you, I was very resistant because it takes a lot of, it takes time to do the time audit. Um, And it's, it was a bit of a pain in the neck, but wow, when I was able to finish that, I didn't do it for two weeks. I think I did it for 10 days and step back. I was able to see where I actually put more time than I thought into tasks And then it also helped me group tasks together and then delegate things like, wow, I'm spending a lot of time doing this and I don't necessarily, that doesn't need to be necessarily on my shoulders. So then I could delegate that out. So I love the time audit. That's a really, really smart tool. Yeah. And I'm so happy. Like it, it works hearing you say that is like, it works outside of the context of, of pregnancy and leave too, right? Yeah. It just shows <laughs> you where you put your time and where, like you said, like, can you batch things? So if you're someone that has, let's say social media as a business owner, you can batch a lot ahead of time before someone takes their, their maternity leave. Yeah. All right. So I totally interrupted you. All right. So that was one tool. Keep going. Yeah. The second tool I'll mention, and you know, as, as someone with, with social workers in their family, you might've heard of it. It's, it's called a eco map and, uh, it's, so it is literally a visual map that you can use to identify gaps in your support system Mm. and begin to think about how to create a postpartum support network. And so that's something, especially for entrepreneurs that do tend to work by themselves or um, might be kind of at risk for experiencing a little isolation in the postpartum period to really do some careful thinking about what what are the ways in which you can um, build up a, a support network and what do you have in terms of resources for support right now and where might there be some gaps you can fill? Are you thinking that also the entrepreneur may want to hire someone to step in and to fill those gaps. Is that where you're thinking about for support? Yeah. So there's often times where, you know, people realize I, I am the person who does like all the cooking and dog walking in my household. And I do not want to be doing those things for a few weeks. Um, so that's like a, a pretty, uh, like, quick way to, to assess like, okay, these are, these are people that I could tap in my network, mm-hmm. um, to, to bigger things. Let's um, try a more personal network as opposed to the yeah. business network. Okay. Yeah. I so got the EcoMap is really focused on personal support networks, which in some, I mean, I, I think of it, I'm talking about these tools as if they're like separate business and personal, but one of the ways that, um, is interesting to think about parentally for business owners is, is like the, whatever support you have around you as a human in the postpartum period is going to have a direct impact on your kind of sustainability as a business owner and an ability to, um, to return to work in, in kind of a, as, as functioning, as high functioning as you are able to, depending on what resources and support you have in your personal life. Okay. That makes a little more sense. I love, I love the eco map. I actually had not heard about that. So that's a interesting thing to think about. So I kind of alluded to this earlier that when I had my kids, I, again, I stopped teaching, but I was still very much in the loop. I, you know, I still had to do payroll. So when you're talking about parental leave for a business owner or entrepreneur, what do you think, like, what does that look like for most business owners and entrepreneurs, or what are you hoping people can create a structure? Like, do you really think they could step away for that much or they're just 
not getting quite as knee deep in everything. Yeah. So it really varies. I think over the the 10 years that I um, specifically worked one-on-one with people, it looked so many different ways. Like I had had clients that, that really took like an extended pause six months away from their business. Wow. Um, and folks that, you know, took much shorter, two to three weeks. Um, so some of the, the things that impacted what the leave looks like is what we mentioned at, at the beginning, um, how, what your team looks like. Um, and it also tends to vary on the business model. And so, um, some folks who like accountants, for example, depending on when you're, when you're, uh, having your baby, um, there's, there might be very clear kind of seasons of the year where there's more work. Um, and, She's and just, that they say impact. accountants and I just laugh because <laughs> one of my good friends who happens to be my accountant for the last 20 years, I was the doula for his first child. And unfortunately it was like mid February when she had her baby. And uh. I remember Adam be like, this is the worst time possible. So, and then he was kind of like, he was checked out, but that's so true. There are definitely seasonal considerations for, for some people that are business owners. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I initially do with people, cause you know, people are like, what, like, tell me what to do. How many weeks do I take off? And, and there isn't really a, a right answer. So mm-hmm. part, part of the conversation is oftentimes thinking, having the time to think and reflect on what you would like your leave to look like. Like if you could create this ideal plan, what, what would that look like? What would it feel like? And then getting into the nitty gritty of like, what, what would your business need in order to make that happen? Um, and kind of reverse engineering some of it. I want to start talking about the financial planning for this. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. Let's dive into if you are a small business owner, how do you financially plan for paternal leave? So we'll be right back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, we're back. So this is what I personally found the scariest. Just like, how do you plan taking time off if money's not flowing in? Yeah. I mean, this is like the number one stressor that comes up over and over again. And I always like to, you know, point out that, that I definitely take a stance of parental leave is, is a human right. Like this is, this is not an issue that we should be having to figure out like family by family, individual by individual. And, and given the context of the U S 
being one of the only countries that does not have uh, paid parental leave, that's the situation we find ourselves in. So I always just like to underscore that, um, that we deserve better. <laughs> yep. I agree. Um, and that said, uh, there's a couple of different things that factor in, um, and, and knowing that this is, can be one of the most stressful pieces to plan. Like I have, I have a book called The Expecting Entrepreneur and the topic that gets at financials has like several places where it's like, if this is feeling stressful, take a deep breath or put the book <laughs> down and come back later. <laughs> so just acknowledging that like, if you just, if your palms start feeling sweaty and your heart starts beating, just hearing about the topic, that is normal. <laughs> it can be stressful. Um, and so some of the questions that I often have folks think about is um, what your family circumstances are and what your family needs from you. And so that oftentimes is kind of, if you're a partner and having an honest conversation with them about what, um, what personal savings or what personal approaches would you want to take in terms of self-funding a leave? Um, and on the other hand, looking at business finances and thinking about what, um, what does cash flow look like in your business? What kind of runway do you have? What, um, if you have a cushion, what is it looking like? If you think you want to build up a cushion, what would that take? Um, and so looking at those two things side by side and there, there's some definite crossover there, right? Like, especially if you are your primary breadwinner for your family, or if you, um, you know, are, are, have, have the kind of business where you are consistently taking owner's draws or you're paying yourself a salary, um, that, you know, that's going to impact what, what is possible. Um, and the, the other thing that I think is always worth mentioning is that more and more states are kind of filling this federal gap and setting up paid leave programs. And so if you live in one of those states that has a paid leave program, um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm self-employed. I, it's not even worth looking into. But I always say, like, takes a little time to fill out the paperwork and navigate. But you like that is if you have been paying into that money, that money is there to support you. <laughs> and so do not be afraid to um, if you live in one of the states that has a paid leave program to submit the paperwork. Um, and be supported by the dollars that you have put in over the years. That is great. I know that I, I can't say I know. I know that as a business owner, I've had to fill the paperwork out for my teachers, but those are employees. So I didn't, maybe New York is one of them and maybe not, I'm not sure. But is, would that be the kind of thing that if you pay New York State, New York City tax, a business owner would get money back from? So a, it depends on how you are set up in terms of if you are like getting into kind of the legal structure, which I definitely am not an expert on, okay. but how your business is incorporated. If you're a sole prop, if you're LLC, okay. if you are paying, um, how you are paying your taxes, but essentially if you are paying self-employment tax, um, and this is a great question to ask your, your financial uh, kind of support person, an accountant, um, a financial advisor, whoever does your taxes. Um, if you are paying in to, uh, via that self-employment tax into the paid leave program, then you would have money to draw on, um, whether you're a business owner or working for a small business. Um, interesting. I didn't know that. 
See, I love learning new things. This is really fascinating. So you talked about looking at, okay, we have the breadwinner, we have, maybe it's an equal. And when you're talking about how to set that up, do you think ideally maybe putting a separate, like we talked about, there could be a state account that someone's drawing from. If the person doesn't have that, do you suggest maybe putting aside like a separate savings account that leading up to their, their time off, they just put into, so then when they are off, they can grab from that? Yep. It's kind of setting up a self-funded parental leave pot of money, if you will. (laughs) Um, And so that oftentimes takes some planning ahead. And so if you're like not even, you know, you cannot be pregnant and just be thinking about what might it look like to start a family, that's something you could start doing. That's really Um, smart. I actually think that's a really good idea for people that are considering because once you're pregnant, there's a lot of other things to think about too. Yeah. And the other kind of financial planning, uh, tidbit, I guess that is also worth mentioning. Again, this is thinking further down the road, but, um, as a small business owner, you oftentimes are purchasing like insurance for the small business, like liability insurance Mm -hmm. and looking into disability insurance. That is Mm -hmm. another way I have seen people pay for their leave. You know, again, we won't get into why pregnancy is (laughs) considered a disability. (laughs) Um, but the, um, if you purchase it before, again, before you are pregnant, then, and you are paying into that, um, then those funds again are, can be drawn on, um, uh, as, as you know, you become pregnant and postpartum. And, um, and so that's something, that's a great question to bring to your insurance broker, um, about what disability policies are available to you. Um, and similar that's to other really kinds smart. of insurance. I did yeah. not know that about the disability insurance that somebody could take disability when they're on maternity leave. Wow. Oh. These are great suggestions. So what sort of network do you recommend setting up to support your physical, emotional, and social well-being? Yeah. So um, what comes to mind again is, is the eco map. And if you kind of are a visual person, you can think about a, like you are in the middle of this circle and then there's concentric circles that get bigger and bigger, um, kind of leading out from you. And so I like using that image to think about who are the people in the inner circle of this network. So that might be family or friends or literally people who are geographically close to you. <laughs> um, and then if you go out one more um, circle, thinking about what are the community supports available to you? And so that might be things like what is kind of, is there a prenatal yoga community that you might be a part of, or is there a new parents group that gathers? Um, and then at the widest run, uh, thinking about professional supports. Mm. And so this might be things like pelvic floor PTs, uh, perinatal mental health professionals, lactation consultants. So not people that you would kind of interact with on a, on a regular basis, unless you were specifically seeking them out, but having, having some sense of um, who are those professionals that you could go to? And likewise, who are like, what are the new parent groups you could go to? Who are the friends you could call just to come over and sit with you if you needed some company, but didn't feel like leaving the house? Um, building out that support network um, and mapping it out can be a great way to, to think about who, who do I already know that can help meet these needs and who, 
who might I want to build a relationship or what, what professionals might I want to do a little bit of research on so that if I need them, I know where to go. I think that's so smart. We tell our students all the time to have, that's part of what we call our postpartum plan is a lot of people put the focus on having the baby and pregnancy and then the after with the lactation consultants that they might need. So they're not Googling at three in the morning. They have that all set up. (laughs) So we're going to take one more break, but when we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expectant parents? We'll be right back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So we are back. So what is popping into your mind? One final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents? Yeah. So I'll, I'll end with something that I think is maybe a bit more personal, but I also learned like it's kind of a universal experience, which is about this integration of identity. It's like from, you can, you literally become a parent overnight or, you know, from the span of one minute to the next, <laughs> um, but figuring out what that means for you and what this new identity looks like and feels like doesn't, doesn't just happen with the snap of the fingers. And so, um, I found that having permission from my own providers around what it meant to grieve that person who I was and really not feel sure about who I was now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, that that was incredibly helpful. Um, And so I always just like to share with folks that even if you become a parent from one minute to the next, that developing of your parent identity doesn't need to be instantaneous. And it's okay to, to, you know, feel like you are figuring it out (laughs) with every, with every kind of minute or day. Um, Or a year. Or, yeah. (laughs) My son's almost 11 and there's still times I'm, I I look back to my, I call my pre-parent time to my current parent time. And they're, they're a little crossed over. I'm like, sometimes I see glimpses of that person. And sometimes I still feel like I'm developing into the parent. So I think it's a lifelong journey. Yes. Where can people find your work? So pretty much everything lives at theexpectingentrepreneur.com. There's a book that can be a resource there. There's um, kind of links to social. um, And and then in the show notes, we can um, share links to some of those resources I mentioned, if that would be helpful. The that would map. be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have a vision in my head since you described like this circle and then going out, but I think it would be really helpful for people to have that. And so they can start to map out their support. That's a great idea. Thank you for sharing that. Sure thing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this. I think for those that fall into this very specific category of business owner, entrepreneur that are pregnant, knowing they're enough to take some sort of time off, I think this can take some of that anxiety and edge off. So thank you for sharing this really valuable information. Thank you for having me. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.